Hello and welcome to Empty the Cues! It is the Avatar track and in this episode, Caro and I talk about uh, that episode. It's the it's like the mid-season finale of season one where it's got Hey Bai who's the big panda, you know? Um, you know, I always I always think about this episode as really boring. Um, and then as I say talk about like in the conversation. Everything happens in the last 10 minutes and it happens so big. Uh, so <laughs> this is some of our first like big chunk of lore discussion. And because this is the Atla track, um, Carol and I do talk about fascism. You should probably just get used to that. We, we, talk, we talk about it a lot. Uh, it's relevant and it's important. Uh, so enjoy. This episode was we, big. This was big. A I, lot. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, two-thirds through this episode, um, when Aang comes back without Sokka, um, I messaged Caroline being like, hey, should we maybe just talk about both episodes? Because I thought that was the end. <laughs> um, and then everything else happened in the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, out of nowhere. I have four and a half pages of notes. Oh my god! <laughs> And I write, my handwriting is small. Like, look. Incredible. Okay. It's out of control. Let's bust this fucker open. Let's do this. Um, I'm so excited. This is the first half of the winter solstice two-parter. You want to just give us a quick summary of what went down? So four and a half pages are are largely (laughs) summary, but because there's a lot that happens. Let me see if I can do like a condensed version. Um, they're traveling, of course, and they come across this devastation in this forest um, that Sokka describes as being like a scar. And I really liked that description. Yeah. Um, and Aang immediately blames himself because that's what Aang does. <sighs> and um, so they come across... Um, um, uh, someone ends up approaching... Well, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but someone... Um, approaches them and says my oh you're the avatar we need help um so ang is taken to this village where they find out that there's been a spirit attacking the village every night for three days and taking someone each time and the solstice is coming up which is causing problems also or would make it worse i don't know anything about the solstice i was just sort of rolling with it yeah 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 um <clears throat> and so Aang tr- is trying to reason with this spirit and is not getting anywhere and has to figure out how to enter the spirit world in order to communicate with it and doesn't know how and kind of accidentally astral projects and figures it out. I was very, I was a little confused. I was like, did he just, and he did just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did just. Because yeah. Sokka gets taken Mm-hmm. Because Sokka is so wonderfully protective of him and of Aang in this episode. I was just yeah. like, oh, Sokka. I think he's in first place now for me. Um, oh. Yeah, I think this episode bumped him <laughs> into first place for me. Uh, I'm trying to do one storyline at a time. Bear with me. Um, You're good. So, yeah. So, Aang is trying to get Sokka. He's trying to fig- figure out where he's gone, how to get him back. There's a... Spirit dragon that mind melds with him and gives him clues and shows him where he needs to go in order to talk to Roku because he he needs to talk to Roku to learn how to 
avatar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there's no guidebook for these things, so you have to talk to spirits. And, um, oh God, I feel like I'm missing a lot of things. No, Again, no. Again, four is, and a half pages of notes. This is pretty solid so far. <laughs> let's, um, I mean, let's talk about real quick the clues that the dragon shows Aang. Yeah. So, essentially, Aang is shown that the way that he can talk to Roku is he has to go to this specific temple Mm -hmm. on this specific crescent-shaped island Mm -hmm. on a specific day Mm -hmm. um, when, essentially, like, Indiana Jones-style, the light will line (laughs) up with the statue in a specific way. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and they have one day to get there. And it's mm-hmm. in the Fire Nation. Yes. <laughs> Great! Easy. Great. Easy peasy. Fine. Totally fine. Um, yeah, and so so eventually Aang does figure out how to communicate with the spirit and and how to comfort it, and which is the same way that Katara comforts him in the beginning with the acorns, which was very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked that. Um, and... But then, so meanwhile, there's Zuko and Iroh, and there's a lot happening there. Uh, yes. Iroh. This is our first, like, Iroh kind of backstory episode. Huh? Yeah, and I wrote that it was a little bit alarming to see that when he's not oh, just yeah. tea and snack guy, it was like, oh, oh, oh dear. Oh, God. Yep. Um, yep. And, yeah, he is found by some um, Earth earthbending soldiers and is taken prisoner and he kind of like gambits his way out of it um in a few really interesting ways like he kind of yeah yeah pretends to fall asleep and leaves you know does pulls a cinderella and leaves the shoe <laughs> uh which was pretty funny and then did the thing with like oh my aching joints oh can you tighten the shackles so my wrists don't bump around oh let me just heat this with my st- okay quick side note Yes. So he can just blast steam out of his nostril. Is that not related yes. to air bending, though? Because tech, that's stressing so, me out. <laughs> what are the rules? <laughs> so, yes and no. Okay. Um, firebenders. Firebenders can control, like, heat. Okay. Okay. So it's not just fire. It's... Right. Okay. Right. I gotcha. Um... But also, and this is something that'll come up a few times, uh, like, in the future. Mm -hmm. This is our first glimpse at Iroh using firebending in very, like, in ways that do absolutely touch on other forms of bending. Yeah. Um, Iroh, like... (laughs) I I would consider Iroh's approach to bending, like holistic if that makes sense mm, and yeah. like almost interdisciplinary if that makes sense like that makes like, sense <coughs> he pulls on concepts from other forms of bending yeah to to make his stronger yeah. and we do get like later on um discussion about how like opposite bending styles like influence each other mm-hmm. um but that's yeah. I'm getting getting way ahead of where we are. <laughs> it's so hard not to. There's so much mm-hmm. to to God. My notes are out of control. Um, 
I pretty much just as I was watching would stop and pause and, and write something down. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if that's like maybe an easier way to go through this. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, so my first thing I wrote was just I I never skip the intro because it gets me so pumped up. Um, and also intro rules. It, well, and the scenery in the opening of this was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was very pretty, like postcard. Um, and then Aang just did the most Aang thing ever, where he just yeeted himself off of Appa to go skydiving. Yep. Like, wee! <laughs> He's so... I love when he is... Um, we get those moments of him just, like, having fun, because it's really sweet. Because this episode yeah. hurt... Hurt my yes. hurt my little sugar glider. Um, when... I also thought it was interesting that, you know, Sokka notices the f- forest devastation and is upset by it he gets angry he like he's pissed off he's and, furious yeah and and ang of course is just so upset and it blames himself for not knowing how to fix it or how to mm-hmm. he could have prevented it he's like blaming himself for something that he cannot control he can't help that he doesn't know how to do all this yet but oh poor baby i wrote thank you for hugging him momo because i couldn't (laughs) and i was so it just made me so sad to see those moments when he just the weight of the world is on those little 80 pound shoulders right you know (laughs) that's poor child um that's hard yeah that part of it is hard because he is so young and you see how much pressure he's putting on himself and how much guilt he's actually carrying Mm -hmm. and yeah, that's just mm, mm-hmm. that part of it's hard. Um, and I wrote, meanwhile, Zuko. I said Iroh's having a spa day, and I respect it. Um, mm-hmm. I like the element joke we're getting about how little Sparky here can't soak away his troubles. Like that was just funny to me. Um, yes, he just yeah. he's like, I gotta stay fired up in that, and I was you know, so to speak. Um. And yeah, that's when I was like, oh, so Iroh can blast steam out of his nostrils, which is a kind of a Chekhov's gun in this episode. Um, yes, yep. I was like, so I was confused by that. I was like, that's air technically, but that does make sense that he'd be kind of interdisciplinary. Um, oh, also, one thing I want to bring up real quick. Okay. There is that moment where Aang is like running amok on Appa and... Mm-hmm. Uh, flying around in the clouds and he gets all wet and then yeah. he says uh, clouds are made of, of water it turns yeah. out yeah yeah That'll so I was one up later I wondered that I meant to write it down and I think it was going so fast I didn't because I was going to be like ooh cloud bending <laughs> that could be fun um, we'll see <laughs> uh, what did I write oh, oh the moment that I think um, actually Sokka made his way into first place for me was actually I wrote, Sokka got beamed in the noodle by a nut and was like, fair. <laughs> and that was just yep. a moment where I was like, I like you. <laughs> um, and then Katara's way of comforting Aang by showing him the acorns and being like, no, there's there's hope for this. This is these are going to this will return to nature. It'll come back. It'll it'll come back to life and revive. Um, yeah, I really I really like the way that she she's very good at knowing what to say um, and knowing what kind of comfort people need which is a pretty unique skill not everyone could do that Mm -hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> Let's see. Okay, so the spirit... Uh, I'm oh God, I can't read my own handwriting. It was um, Hey Bye, right? Hey Bye. Yep. Hey Bye. Which, okay, I was right, because I was thinking of it as like, Hey, bye! Hi. And that's how yep. I remembered, because he was just like yoinking villagers away. Um, and Aang's confidence is so shaken here like he's so willing to try he wants to try and help but he and he's like i guess i'll figure it out but he's so sweet but he is just it it was it was kind of weird to see his confidence that shaken he is really out of his depth here yeah yeah um yeah that felt because because so far we i mean we've seen moments where he's not sure what to do but this was the one where I was like, Aang might not be able to pull this off. Like, I really thought, I was like, this might not, this might be the first time we really see him fail. Um, and of course, he thinks that's what happened a few times, but it's not. But he very much was of the same opinion. So I was very concerned. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really did think I was like, this is going to be the first time he doesn't manage to pull it off. He got close to not yeah. being able to. Um, yeah. I, I kind of... So I remember these two episodes in kind of a blur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of thought that they would leave the resolution until... Yeah. Part of the second part, because it, like, really... I don't know. It makes, like... It actually makes a very clear distinction between this episode and the next. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me wonder why they... Like, yeah. I, I know why, knowing the next episode, I know why it's a two-parter, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't feel necessary to me to make it a two-parter. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. It, it could have just been the next episode, um, but I guess, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We'll oh, get there. Oh, we get to meet a meadow vole, which is the cutest damn little thing. Yes. Oh my god. They're so cute. I want one. They're adorable. They're so, so cute. cute. Um, yeah, because Iroh falls asleep in the hot tub, um, which does not seem safe. Um, but it seems like it would have gone cold at some point if he's not awake to heat it, but you'd think that would wake you up, but all right. I don't know. Eh. Old dude. I mean, he got it's tight. just like lukewarm, you know? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's when the soldiers come up and they do some pretty cool bending to to trap him in the rocks that he was using as a pool, which was that was neat um, and very scary. I was like, you're going to put someone's eye out. And I guess that's the intention. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, more of Sokka being very concerned about and protective of Aang, which I thought was really, really sweet. I like that a lot because, you know, usually he's kind of poking at Aang, a little bothered. But this time he was like, no, we need to help him. He can't do this by himself. Uh, mm-hmm. And he needs our help. And then Heibai is terrifying. Heibai is scary. Scary as like, hell. Full on scary. I don't like the Mm-mm. shape of it. Mm-mm. Uh, Mm-mm. Its shape is wrong. It's, it's so up. disturbing and and which is great though because it does it genuinely is creepy. Um Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like 
you know, a lot of times you're watching something and it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a scary monster, but I'm not right. I am not afraid of it. I'm a little afraid of it, but in oh, like a very sure. real way, um, the roar with the light coming out, uh, the, that kind of spirit light coming out and then the the way that it moves like so fast. Um, it yeah, it was really creepy. And Aang just kind of not super shaken by it and just trying to reason with it. Um, poor thing. Uh, I wrote, go Sokka. Oh no, don't go that far, Sokka. Um, <laughs> because I love that he leapt out to go help. And then I was like, oh no, he got yoinked. Yeah. 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 That was. Oh, Sokka. Very distressing. Um, Zuko discovers Iroh's gone. Aang chases after Sokka. And then Aang gets knocked out and at the base of that bear statue. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, okay, here's the thing that broke my heart. He wakes up, calls for Sokka, immediately go, blames himself. Immediately. Yeah. There's not, like, there's not even a breath between... Uh, yeah. That just hurt yeah, me is... in like a very anxiety, uh, sympathetic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I, we talk, like, we being, like, Avatar fans mm-hmm. as a whole, talk a lot about how, like, Aang is so happy-go-lucky and, like, very yeah. optimistic and sweet, and all of that's true. Mm-hmm. But I forgot, like, how, like, deeply self-loathing he is. It's uh, Even this early on. Yeah. It's... Yeah. It's awful. It's so hard to watch because he is so sweet and he's so chipper and cute and bubbly. But then you get these moments and you and you hear in this little child's voice. Yes. He's got that sweet little voice. Like his voice is similar to my son's voice Mm. in that it's it's very high and cute and and bright. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you hear him say like, oh, it's all my fault. And oh, God, it's like. Baby, no, you're tiny. It's not your Baby, fault. No. Oh, God. It is not your fault. Oh, it hurts so bad. Again, I'm so glad Momo gave him yeah. a hug in the beginning because it was hurting me. Um, Yeah. Oh, okay. So this next bit is when we get the mention of um, Ba Sing Se. Ba Sing Se? I, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, I think. Yeah. No, is you it right? It okay. Right. I always second guess yeah. my pronunciation of things because I do have trouble hearing it. Um, yeah, no, you're good. You're good. So for the longest, longest time, I would see references to like, oh, there's no war in Ba Sing Se or something like that. I always thought it was like an Orwellian quote I'd forgotten. And I'm, I'm assuming that's intentional because everything on the show is very intentional. But it, <laughs> I just sort of ignored it for the because I would be on, you know, Tumblr and people would mention it. And I was like, oh, right. there's a lot of Orwell fans <laughs> on Tumblr, I guess. I didn't make the <laughs> connection. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's from this. But you will not get the context for (sighs) that specific quote until, I believe, season two. Wow, okay. Well, because we do get the first kind of um, information about Iroh's involvement in this 600-day-long siege, which, holy shit, that's a long siege. I don't know how long sieges usually are, but that feels long. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it. 
I don't know, because I, I, I have been not spoiled, and this certainly didn't surprise me given the context that I've gotten so far, but I see people on Twitter who are like, Iroh's a war criminal. I'm like, oh, no, we're going to find out in what way. <laughs> God, what a... God. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes people think that they're doing good analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh and they're wrong. <laughs> Iroh is, I will say, 100% a war criminal. Yeah. But given I I can assume the context and how these tweets were quote, <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume that they were making some big, bold claims. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I pretty much, when I have seen anything Avatar related, I, I mute it as quickly as I can. So I, I'm legit. not... You know, I'm trying to avoid it as much as I'm able to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, oh, I, yeah, I think it, I think like all in all, like we're going to have a lot to say about yeah what the show says about ethics mm-hmm. and and people's capacity to change. Like that's going to be, yeah, that's gonna be yeah. a huge conversation in this track. Yeah, because I think that the, I, if I'm recalling correctly, I think the context for the couple of tweets I've seen for that have been in response to people being like, oh, I love Iroh. And people are like, you can't. Yeah, that sounds He's right. bad. That yeah. sounds about right. Don't you yeah. love the internet? Um, where there's no such thing as nuance. Um, <laughs> or fiction. Or or fiction. Yes, thank you. Um, God. I, mm. <sighs> I mean, I yeah. Mm. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. The note that I wrote next was, wait a tick and a half. Did my sugar glider astral project just now? Um, cause it threw me for a second cause he, you know, stayed blue, but I was like, oh, it's the light. And then he stayed blue as the sun rose. And I went, now, nah, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> He's blue. Daba dee, daba die. Yep. That's not normal. <laughs> um, and that, that was very cool. Um, and that was when he saw the dragon approach that like mind melded with him and took him to the statue of Roku. Um, Iroh does the the shackle bit, and when he heated the shackles, I oof. That was, I mean, it was it was clever, it was smart. Oh yeah, he's good. Yeah, he, he knows he, what he's doing. He's tricky. Yeah, and that you know, seeing Iroh being like crafty was was interesting because we've seen him, we've seen hints of him. You know, you can tell why he would have been a, a general. Like, we've seen little bits of it, but now we're seeing, like, the kind of the chess player in him that you have to be as as a general or a, any yeah. kind of strategy-minded. Yeah. Well, very specifically, Iroh does play an yeah. in-universe board game mm-hmm. called Pai Show. Mm, mm-hmm. Which I believe is based loosely on Go, but I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. It's like halfway between Go and Mahjong. It oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I play chess and um, that is something that I always kind of, yeah, when you see someone like, oh, uh, let me just do this little gambit. It's like, you're using a pawn to get the bishop. Yeah, it's like a fun. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very satisfying. Uh, he did some pretty rock and bending in this. It was pretty cool. Um, so let me. 
Yeah, I did write. It's kind of alarming, though, to see that side of him just because we've because he's so delightful when he's introduced. And we're like, oh, ha, aren't you funny against Zuko, the cranky little spark? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, oh, well, maybe you're not. Yeah, you're not so different. Just because you're more controlled and have more um, more of a calm energy that you've clearly cultivated. Um, yeah, you're yeah two peas in a pod. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the more we get of Iroh's backstory, and the more nuance Iroh gets, the mm-hmm. more interesting he becomes. I think that he is yeah. like alongside Zuko because. Zuko has some very, very, very interesting character moments. Mm. Uh, I think that Iroh is, like, one of the best written characters, mm. like, in pretty much any media. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to get more of him because I love when a character is introduced in a way, like, you're supposed to like this guy. You're supposed to find him fun yes. and delightful. Yep. And then you start getting these hints of, like, oh, shit. I love that. That's, like, one of my favorite things. So... Yeah. Yeah. The way that they, so like you've seen that people love Iroh oh, to yeah. this day, and oh, yeah. he is like one of the, like I have a lot of emotional attachment to Iroh, mm-hmm. and I don't usually have emotional attachment to characters. Mm-hmm. Like characters are very much, like they're extremely fictional to me. Like yeah. I don't. It's just not how I process yeah. most media. Is media is like. I process media analytically, yeah. and I have emotional responses. I just don't process them emotionally. Yeah. So Iroh, I have a lot of, like, really, mm-hmm. like, I have a lot of emotional attachment there. Yeah. And the way that they bring his character full circle, mm. um, you know, starting off like, hey, you're supposed to like this guy, and then going into some of these things that complicate that. Yeah. And then... The way that they bring it all around is so elegant and so mm. moving. Um, there is an Iroh moment. Did you ever watch Futurama? No, I haven't. Yeah, I, I've That's seen okay. a That's couple okay. of episodes. So, so there. Uh, do you know about the episode with Fry's dog? Oh God, yes. Okay. That's one of the so, ones I've seen, and I. Bald okay. my fucking eyes out. Yeah, so you know how <sighs> if anyone brings up that episode, oh, yeah. everyone who's seen it is like, fuck no. you, don't <laughs> talk about this around me, I can't handle it. Yeah. There is an Iroh moment oh, that God. is that for Avatar fans. Oh, God, oh, God, oh. And, like, even, honestly, like, even thinking about it right yeah. now, I'm actually getting a little bit choked up, so let's oh. talk about anything okay, else. Okay, anything else. <laughs> Let me see, um, what have I got here? Uh Oh, I um the moment when Iroh is just about to get his hands crushed, which was pretty I was like, "Oh, oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit." And then Zuko yeah. just is like, "Pachow!" and gets knocks the rock out. That was actually pretty great. Um but I loved the choreography of that fight with the chains being used. Um <clears throat> that was just a really interesting and again, it's seeing Iroh being very resourceful and very very quick he's like okay you know what i've got these chains we're gonna i'm gonna whip these things around and we're gonna use them and um you know this and you again see how formidable zuko is 
we use the word formidable a lot when we when we discuss this show. That's like a vocab word that we keep going back to. But I think it's yeah. just a really good. It's so apt. It is. It's one of those ones where I'm like, I can't really think of a of a better one to use. I, I, I might have to like pull up thesaurus.com or something at some point. But no. And I do think. <laughs> I think that formidable is the right word yeah. for where we are right now. Yeah, because it. I mean, we Though, see this I think with that Zuko that word a lot. Will change for a lot of these characters. Yeah, I mean, we we do see it like, particularly with um with Zuko and and Iroh here. But we said it about um Katara in the last episode because she was like kicking ass in a lot of ways, and she and and not oh yeah not even just in in like a practical sense she or a physical sense i mean she would just in her words it was like oh shit you see this like future leader um yeah (laughs) present leader frankly but in particular it's like you get this hint of like oh damn she could you know she could lead an army (laughs) yeah and also like she could fuck you up fuck you up bad yeah Yeah. oh yeah and if you crossed her the right way, she would. She would. A hundred percent. I mean, she yeah. almost caused a fucking tidal wave in the first episode because she got pissed off yeah. at her brother. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, girl, <laughs> you made your point. I like how that moment, like, could be, like, when you're first watching it, could be right as just like, oh, this oh, is exposition. We need this to happen. Um, and it's going to, like, show oh what this bending looks like and be, like, a fun, memorable moment. But no, that mm-hmm. was just solid character building because that's who Katara is. That wasn't a plot moment. That was Mm -hmm. a secret character moment. Yeah, I like, and and the more I watch of the show, the more you get, it's like, oh, hey, that was actually, that wasn't just like, haha, silly moment, or that wasn't, you know, we're going to get back to that and it's going to matter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I laughed at that in the beginning, but I was like, oh, cool, it just shows how powerful she is. But it, yeah. no, it really did. It it wasn't just like, oh, look what she can do. It was it was this moment of like, please don't piss her off unless you are please ready to get your ass drowned. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if you're going to drown someone, sexism is a good reason to do it. But like, yeah, you know, fair enough. Um, okay. And so then we, after the, the fighting, and of course they, they win, um, we get back to when Heibai returns and Aang is able to connect and see the the true form underneath the monster, which was, of course, the 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 bear, uh, the big old panda. Um, big old panda. so cute. I was like, oh, this, like, mm-hmm. oppa-sized panda, like, be my Huge. friend, please. Huge panda um, baby. And yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you're the spirit of the forest, and you're you're hurt by this." But and then we call back to the acorns, and he shows him the acorns. Like, there's there's hope. There's going to be renewal. Um, and it's a very quick. It's like, oh, you can like feel the cool down from the spirit, and uh, and he just kind of turns and leaves, uh, which I thought was really interesting. That it it wasn't like a big resolution. It was more of a like. I knew the right word to say in the right moment, and now we're good. Right. Yeah, which yes. I, I like that because sometimes that is all it takes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. that I think that at least when it comes to like when it comes to spirit world stuff, especially, mm-hmm. like I think Aang is going to find that like 
sometimes it really is just that simple. Sometimes it's much more complicated. Yeah. But honestly, the same goes for, I guess, his, like, interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. too, is, like, sometimes it really is as simple as, like, taking a moment, mm-hmm. thinking about the situation, putting things together, and then just saying the right thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think we've seen that a little bit in the episode um, when he and Katara, we had the examples of apologies um, yeah. with the Kyoshi. Yeah, when he and Katara just had that moment of like, they didn't need to make this big, long speech. They just needed to say they were sorry. And right. that's it. And I, yeah, that's, again, something that the show does really well um, is showing these kind of simpler resolutions to big problems. Um and I thought that was, yeah, I just, I liked that moment. Um, and then, of mm-hmm. course, Sokka and the other ones who were taken come back. Sokka has to pee immediately, and I'm like, fucking mood. Yeah, um, fucking mood. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I guess that's that's fair. That was pretty funny. It, it caught me off guard, because I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. And then Aang is like, hey, I know how to talk to Roku, but here's the catch. <laughs> Ew, yeah. God. So let's let's unpack a bit of the Avatar Roku stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we at, at this point we we do know that Avatar Roku was a firebender. Mhm. Like he, or he was of the Fire Nation. He yeah. was an everything yeah, yeah. bender. That's what the Avatar is. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, first off, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I want I, I, I want you to think about the timeline. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah things because because ang ang fro ang was frozen mm-hmm. uh when he was 12 mm-hmm. and had no knowledge of the war mm-hmm. but the war has been going on for this 100 years mhm um, and just before this war, the Avatar had been a, of the Fire Nation. Yeah, I, yeah. And I'm wondering how much, because, because the Avatars are reincarnated. They're all part of each other. Um, mm-hmm. And how much of that carries to the next, this is, I think, I think we talked a little bit about reincarnation and like, how, how is it going to work in this story? Um, yeah, yeah. Because the, I find the concept of reincarnation really, really interesting. And there are a lot of different ways in fiction that it is presented, where sometimes it's like, oh, you have these really strong past life memories and connections. And and sometimes it's more of a, like, vaguely spiritual connection. And I'm, I'm just... I'm curious how much... Because Aang, with all the guilt, how how much of the fact that he is directly reincarnated from someone from the fire nation, how much, and, and considering the fire nation is, you know, the big bag flame fascists, how much Mm -hmm. of that is he going to 
somehow make his fault. How much of that is he somehow, even though it wasn't him, it kind of was though in a way. Right. Like right. that's where reincarnation becomes really complicated. How much of you is you? How much of you is what came before you? Right. And and this is the thing that I could sit here and, and you know talk about for hours because I find it fascinating to yes. explore all the oh, possibles. Oh, and we will. I will say, we will have those conversations yes. down the line. Oh, I'm so like, excited <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. we're getting very close to a lot more of this. Oh, yeah. But then the okay. other half of this conversation too is like, given the Avatar is this is a great peacemaker mm-hmm. and like the thing keeping everyone in check how did we go from fire yeah. nation avatar to app to to fire nation fascists like what happened yeah here? what what was that chain of events because we don't we still don't really know much about the war yet we we really ha- we just right. know it's happening and we know you know fire nation bad uh which i know there's gonna be more it's more complicated than that, but, um, like generally speaking, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, this episode had me sitting here going, "How the hell do you get from point A to point fascism?" Yeah, yeah. Point uh, F, I suppose. Um. Oh God, there's oh there's so many, like so many of the best episodes yeah. in the series discuss that side of the mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. oh god oh. we're getting into such good shit i'm so excited like <sighs> season one has a lot more like there are more fluff episodes to mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. but we're like really getting into gear yeah uh, it's it's already getting a lot meatier the story as it goes and it's it's i'm i what, well, I mean, the last we've had a couple of big ones already, um, including the one that, you know, R.I.P. that episode. But yeah, we've had these like doozies. And now we're getting to the point where it's like that's starting to feel a little more normal already. So now I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to have to top it, aren't they? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and that concerns me. <laughs> oh, my God. So from here. We have, I would argue, I would argue two, maybe, maybe three fluff hmm. episodes. Oh, and one of them is largely considered the single worst episode in the entire show. Oh, worse than the thing with the Batty Bonkers King guy? Yes. Because you hated that one. <laughs> I, it is an episode called The Great Divide, and okay. I cannot fucking stand it. Interesting. Uh, it is like it was written by a six-year-old. It oh, God. And then it is followed directly by what is largely considered perhaps the best episode in the entire series. Maybe they were just like, we're going to lower your expectations and then blow them and out of the kablam. fucking water. Oh, God. Yep. Uh, and then everything else that happens in this season is intense. Oh, God. Because I, I, again, I took four and a half pages of notes yeah. for this one. This is a yeah. 20-ish minute show, and there's yep. so much you can you can pull out of it. And, and I, I say this like every 
fucking episode we do where I'm like, this is so, they do so much so fast. The economical storytelling in this show blows my mind. And I think maybe I, I- wild. Because I do a lot of microfiction, I think mm-hmm. I also appreciate it for that reason because one, yes. I love microfiction and I'm, yes. I'm doing more and more of it because I find it fascinating to strip it down to the bare essentials without making it just a point by point. And when I look at media that does a lot with a shorter amount of time, like this show, which is, you know, 20 odd minutes, um, the fact that I'm getting that much out of it is incredible. Um, because yeah. there are there are movies that are three times as long, <laughs> four times, five and, times as and long. And do 2% as much. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, I could do this in one page. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's like the amount of respect I have for specifically the script editing. Yeah. Like I, I can't fathom. Cause like, that is, that is something it. I think that we don't give enough credit to in storytelling. I think that we kind of, in general, that's overlooked when, um, and I've had the experience now having come into podcasting of collaborating a lot. Um, and, you know, working with people on scripts and helping each other out with like, okay, let's tweak this, let's take this out, let's change that. And when when I look at certain scripts as they were when I first wrote them and was thinking, okay, this is probably pretty, pretty much ready to go. And then how it transformed after a couple of, of, of rounds of edits, it I mean, it's night and day. And Oh yeah, absolutely. And especially the tightening up and the stripping away what's unnecessary or taking things that are unnecessary but still have value, which I think is something that, you know, because you could say almost any joke that's done just for a laugh could be unnecessary, but it serves a purpose. There's value. Yeah. 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 And, And I think finding that balance is really, really hard. And it takes someone who who not only is thinking really critically about what's important to the episode, but about the audience experience on the whole. And that's a challenge to do both at the same time. Yeah. 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 It really does. And I was thinking the same thing because I've also, you know, I, I, I have also been doing so much editing. Um, Just in the last year, I've done more script edits than I did my entire life put together. And like, I recently, we just had an episode of Lighthearts come out that when I first wrote it, I was like, not feeling good about it. I did the bulk mm-hmm. of it and I just was like, this doesn't feel like it's good, but it's what I had. And sometimes you right. can't make your brain sometimes do more. That, that is what it is. Yeah, and I handed it over to Evan though, who Ooh. went through and they just like, I mean, it it sparkled after that and it turned into what it yep. was, which has been really well received. And um, so it's that, it's that thing of like, if you're working as a team, which these shows, of course, do. Yes. Having a really good team of people who not only, because everyone writes a little differently and everyone edits and looks for different things in in what they're choosing um, to edit out or change. Um, but having a team with the common goal and knowing what everyone is working toward is so important and so hard to do. It just got really yes. dark in my room. That's terrifying. It is dark outside. It is. I'm sorry. What the hell? I just got distracted because I just looked out the window and it is like pitch. I think it's going to start pouring. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so jealous. I know, yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> but that was like alarming because it was bright and then it got dark as I was yes. talking. Okay. <laughs> it's like <laughs> eclipse. Let's I think let's call this episode here. Yeah. And let's watch the second one. Yes. Um, because we're going to have a lot more to discuss. <laughs> this has been Empty the Cues. You can find us on Twitter at Empty Cues Pod. You can find us on our website at emptythecues.wordpress.com, where we are starting to get through our backlog of transcripts and transcripts for these new episodes coming out. Hooray, hooray! You love to see it because you're seeing it with because you're seeing it with your eyes instead of hearing it with your ears because it's a transcript yay okay bye <laughs>